Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Wagwan, what's happening? Thank you for tuning in. As you may or may not know, um, this is a show, J.R. the P, Jonathan Ramtron, the podcast, where I bitch, wine, squat, cabelliac, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. You know, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. You can connect with me there. I'm also available on my website, jonathan-ramcharan.com and if you should want to send me an email question queries or qualms hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com you know holla at me jr.thepodcast at gmail.com and while i'm selling you a fucking dream let me sell you another song um if you're enjoying the show thus far please help my black ass out for crying out loud you know sharing is caring folks share me with a friend yes and you know as i'm opening up the episode here i've just been thinking like i record in my apartment right that's where i podcast out of one day i'd like to have a studio um, but i'm very happy for and fortunate for my situation and whenever you're podcasting um sound audio it's very important So, granted, I'm kind of biased. I'm already in a biased outlook. Generally, I hope for the better situation, a quiet situation. That's like the best situation as a podcaster. A quiet situation. A blank canvas, you know, to tell my little dick jokes or whatever, right? Well, you know, today's like a typical day, uh... I'm podcasting, I'm setting up, got the lights, camera, action, microphone, and there's all this, like, background noise, the noise floor, you know, like, people outside my building, I live in downtown Toronto, you know, I'm on the fifth floor of a building in downtown Toronto, there's people five stories below me having a conversation, I can hear every fucking word. I got neighbors milling about in the hallway. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, really? I didn't. Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. Good talking to you. Okay. Okay. But grown-ups, men and women, adults that just wander through life babbling, bellyaching, bitching, whining, squawking until the cows come home. You know? And like I say, I'm biased, you know. I have a podcast to do. I need quiet. I want things my way. Is that me being controlling, judgmental? Well, yes, that is, to answer my own question. That is. Obviously, it is not for me to judge and control others in their actions. But there is a part of me that thinks, like, as far as I've come in my life, and if you want to dip back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramtran the podcast, I speak on instances in my life, in my career, 
where I've been very arrogant, obnoxious, attention-seeking, inconsiderate of other people. And it just boggles my mind when I hear a person who's just willing to let goose better than mother goose, you know, let loose better than mother goose, rock the mic day and night, just let their fucking lips flap, you know, bitching, whining, squawking, you know, just fucking blubbering, belly aching, blah, 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 running their fucking yap in public. Like, isn't there something that goes through your head when you're in public and you're like, like for me, if I was in public and I was in an agitated state and my mouth is just running and I'm talking and people are looking, if I'm loud drawing attention to myself, there's a part of me that goes like, oh, I'm being really loud right now and people are looking at me. Wow, I'm really being loud and obnoxious, drawing attention to myself, negative attention to myself for no reason. Like, think about it. Can you relate? What would you rather hear on a beautiful day? Today's a beautiful October fall day, sunny, blue skies, a little bit of cloud. And instead of just the peace of autumn, you hear like the rumblings of people babbling. It's like you could just shut up, you know. That ever crossed your mind just to shut the fuck up? Or like, why not use your conversation voice? Like, granted, they are outside. Well, I'll give them that. Remember your teacher would always say, why don't you use your indoor voice? So I'll grant them that. They're outside. They're using their outside voice. But it just, it blows my mind where it's like, How am I hearing a conversation five stories below me? Why do people wander around in a hallway talking at the top of their lungs? Why would you want to draw any attention to yourself that is other than positive? You're drawing negative attention to yourself when you babble like an idiot. What are you seeking? They're talking at each other, not to each other it blows my mind as an adult it's just like what's going on with you you're acting like a child right now why don't you shut the fuck up sorry please shut the fuck up is that better would you please shut the fuck up whoa whoa, what do you mean i know you think that you should have the right to babble on and talk loudly and obnoxiously on a beautiful sunny calm day in in the fall but um you know Halloween's around the corner, you know, people are raking leaves, carving pumpkins. It's a beautiful time of year, and you're really disturbing it with your stupid, obnoxious babbling. Please just shut the fuck up. But wait a minute. Anyways, folks, you feel me? If you are new to the show, Jan the Ramchand on the podcast, I am also an actor extraordinaire. 19 plus years of service, diploma in theater arts. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. It's hot. Uh, it's another hot one. It's hot time in an old town tonight. Fire, fire, fire. <clears throat> yeah. Actor extraordinaire. 19 plus years of service. Um, pandemic. 2020. Bit of a dumpster fire. Bit of a shit kicking, you know? And uh, granted, I've had some pretty interesting opportunities as an actor during this time. I've auditioned for things, uh, I've kept my mind in the game, I've kept positive, because it's in me to do. And if that's relatable to anybody out there, you know, 
if you uh, if you if you are going through some tough times during pandemic with your career and you're feeling unsure, just I would suggest do your best to just continue following your calling. Follow your calling. And if it's in you to do, it will be revealed. And try not to sweat it. And much like myself, I have to put my ego aside. Um, you know, I have to, at times, I have to do work that I don't particularly want to in order to continue, in order to continue on with my journey. You know, I work uh, laboring jobs, construction jobs, warehouse jobs, custodial jobs. Um, I do that by day in order to rock the mic day and night, you know, as a thespian. And it keeps me in the game. And that's a part of the trade-off. And um, I want to do it. I want to be a performer. It makes me feel good. And uh, it's intriguing to me. It's interesting. And um, I want to do it. And I take that responsibility. So if it's relatable to anybody, um, hang in there, do what you got to do. If you have to put your ego aside and pick up that day job, pick up that night job to keep the dream alive, just do it. And, you know, you can have that self-respect of, you know, I stand for what I believe in. I, I do what I do. And one of my next steps forward one of the one of the next steps forward for myself is getting organized, organized, getting organized. You know, um, as I am an actor, thespian noir, black actor, thespian noir, as it's in me to do, as it's in my heart, um, I got that that drive. I mean, like, I take the opportunities opportunities that, that come my way. I take the opportunities that come my way. My mind's in the game. My heart's in the game. Um, I enjoy it. I've been able to maintain my career without a sense of bitterness. You know, I mean, I'm 19 plus years in the game. I still work construction jobs, janitorial jobs, you know. Um, but there's no bitterness because I love doing it. I'm not doing it for some misdirected, misguided reason. I do it because I want to, not for any other reason. Fame, fortune, accolades, you know, the screaming, you know, worship of sycophants, you know, the fans, you know, I want to be famous or whatever. Like, I do it because I want to. So that keeps me fueled. But I can also use some organization, and that means like, uh, you know, putting in that structured time, right? There's many facets to a craft or to a skill. There's like the innate gift. Like if you have an, an innate ability for business and you're a business person, you just have an, an innate ability to see an opportunity or connect with a customer or market your brand or market your product. If you have those innate gifts as a business person, that's cool. 
But maybe you might be lacking a little bit on the organization, sitting down, writing up a budget, planning out the logistics of a business. So that's what I'm talking about. As a thespian noir, black actor, um, you know, actor, I got that innate ability, but I could use some organization. And that means, okay, well, what's going on with my online presence? What's going on with my networking opportunities? What's going on with my own personal projects, stuff that I put together myself? Am I keeping my body in shape? It's important to be in shape in order to uh, be able to use, to be able to use your body as a, as a performer. Um, just the bare minimum, you know, like, or to exceed it. There's a lot of actors out there that, you know, like all those people in the Marvel universe, you know, like, um, I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of famous actors you can think of that are in great shape. That's a part of their brand that helps them do their job as an actor. And there's all these areas of organization that you can tune into in order to keep the dream alive and to go forward. And that's what I'm doing as an actor during pandemic. At least what I'm trying to, you know. <laughs> it's not always easy to, you know, to focus down and buckle down on some of the more, I guess, tedious aspects of a career. You know, who wants to balance the books? Who wants to study? You know, your fucking face first, nose, nose first in a book, reading up on some stupid fucking thing in order to shape your career. But if it's necessary, it's necessary. Organization. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. It's hot. It's hot one in the old town tonight. Fire, fire, fire. Late last night when we were all in bed. Old Lady Leary left a lantern in the shed, and when the cow kicked it over, she winked her eye and said, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Fire, fire, fire. Remember that old chestnut? It's hot. Quick sip of water. Water break balls. I was riding my coaster. Coaster got stuck to the bottom of my water glass. Did you guys see that? It's hot. Oh, look, here's another example of what I was talking about at the top of the program. Somebody just wandering by, blathering on full volume in the hallway of my apartment building. You guys may or may not be able to hear it. Don't matter. Uh, I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. 11 plus years of service. And again, time to get organized. Organized. Um... You know, for example, I am a podcaster, which is a very vital um, tool, a very vital um, undertaking in the world of a stand-up comedian. It helps me connect with a wide audience. It helps me connect with, um, you know, an audience, and it helps me stay in the game of stand-up comedy. I get an outlet to, you know, run my yap, bitch wine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz, you know. And that's in me to do. I never really have to motivate myself. I'm like, wow, 
I have the ability to do a podcast, you know, I have all the equipment, I have the space, I have the talent, talent, I have the uh, drive, and I don't even think about it. It's just like every week, I just do it. Sometimes I'm a little late. Sometimes, you know, I drag my feet, you know, kicking and whining and yelling. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, it's not much of a thought process. I'm happy and I'm eager to do it. Whereas there's other things that I have to get more organized on. For example, writing. Now, it's a stand-up comic. A lot of times you write on stage. Well, obviously, pandemic 2020. (laughs) God dang dumpster fire. Like, obviously, it's going to be a while until... Or, Or maybe not so. Who knows? That's the thing. You never really know. But for the time being, getting stage time is tricky. So... That's one venue, that's one avenue in which you can write. As a stand-up comic, you might have a premise, you know? You might be like, huh, what's the deal with um, Toucan Sam, you know? You know, Fruit Loops, you know? Just follow your nose! That fucking parrot, whatever the hell he is. No, what is he anyways, Toucan Sam? Oh, he's a toucan. (laughs) Yeah, that fucking... That fucking, fucking schlong of his, or that fucking schnozzle of his, you know, Toucan Sam. Just follow your nose. What's with Toucan Sam? That might be the premise. You've, I don't know, you, you, you've been thinking about Toucan Sam, and you, you think maybe there's something funny. You might just go on stage with that, you know? You might be like, I want to talk to y'all folks about Toucan Sam. You look into the audience and you might see people laugh or grimace or roll their eyes or whatever. And then maybe you lock onto a person. You've heard on, you've heard of Toucan Sam before, right? Is he gay or something? What's with that rainbow colored schnoz of his, you know? Like just because I want to eat Fruit Loops doesn't mean I want to take, you know, fruit up the old hoop. You know what I mean? I don't know. Is it funny? I don't know. But that's how jokes kind of come. You know, You, you can work them on stage. Try it out like that. Obviously, due to pandemic, that can't really happen for the time being. So, to get more organized, sitting down, writing. Sitting down, really writing out the jokes instead of really improvising them. You know, that's a thing that I've always done. I've always written jokes. I've always tried to put in substantial writing time. But... Now, moving forward, especially during pandemic, things are changing, and I want to be more organized. So I want to do my homework. I want to sit down and put in that time of writing. And also, you know, ways in which to better the podcast, ways in which to network online, ways in which to think of the future and work towards it. And that's relatable to anybody out there, you know, whatever it is you do, you know, and um, we'll see how it goes, and um, maybe one day I'll have a killer Toucan Sam uh, joke, I don't even find him that funny, he's he's more like an old childhood friend, you know, I like Toucan Sam, (laughs) he even has like nephews, remember like, you know how like Donald Duck, (coughs) Donald Duck, he has like nephews, what are their names, like, 
Huey, Dewey, and Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. He's like Donald Duck. They're like Donald Duck. <laughs> like Donald Duck's nephews, right? Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Then you got Popeye, right? I am who I am because I am who I am. Olive. You know, spinach. I'm strong to the finish because I eat my spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Well, Popeye the Sailor Man, he has nephews as well, you know? There's like uh, Popeye, Peepie, Poopie, and Popeye. You know, he has like some nephews as well. So that's like a trend in the cartoon world, you know? It's like you got a popular cartoon character and then they got like some spin-off nephews, right? So it's like, you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie for Donald. <laughs> Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And then you got, you know, Peepie, Poopie, Popeye, and I don't know, Papeye for, you know, Popeye the Sailor Man. He's got some nephews. So, like, Toucan Sam, he has some nephews as well, but I don't know what the fuck their names are. They're, like, transgendered or something, like, you know. Oh, that's, um, just follow your nose. That's highly insensitive, Uncle Toucan. I don't identify as having a nose. Their names are like, uh, I don't know what their fucking names are. You got Toucan Sam and then his nephews uh, or his um, binary or omnibus LGBTQT nephews. Oh, hell, I don't know. See what I mean? You know, just spitballing some ideas. And uh, maybe if I take the time to write it out, I'll have some great Toucan Sam jokes. You know, and uh, I don't know. Just staying motivated. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Quick sip of water. Water break, balls. Don't mind if I do, balls. Yeah. Presidential debates. The final presidential debate of uh, 2020 was last night. And I'm telling you, it was, um, it was something, you know, it was considerably more boring, boring. Okay. Let me tell you something. If I don't get the opportunity to insult or interrupt my opponent, I can't do my work. I can't do the job that I want to do. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something. When I'm debating a motherfucker. I'm going to trash them, insult them, talk over them to the fullest of my extent. Okay, or I can't do the job the way I want to do it, okay? <laughs> you know, it was too civilized. I'm like, what am I watching? I'm like on my phone the whole time. I'm like fucking around with my phone. I'm like, why don't you insult the motherfucker already? Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Sleepy Joe Biden. I was thinking about that. That is such a good insult. It's like a double entendre, you know? Sleepy Joe. He's saying basically like, okay, yeah, sleepy Joe Biden. Apparently he's kind of, he's like a tired, weather-beaten type of politician. And apparently he's fallen asleep during political engagements, you know. I think I saw a couple videos of him like, like nodding off during like a inauguration or something like that. He just falls asleep whenever, right? So he's called sleepy Joe Biden. That's one joke. But it's like a double entendre because it's like, 
Sloppy Joe. You know, like Sloppy Joe. Like, you know, like those chili hot dogs. Chili covered hot dogs, like a Sloppy Joe. Or like chili in a bun. Sloppy Joe. So it's like, it's like three jokes. It's like a double entendre. It's really like three jokes. You know? Sleepy Joe, because he falls asleep. Sloppy Joe, as in like, you know... A play on the word Sloppy Joe, Sleepy Joe, and then also he's calling him Sloppy. It's a great joke, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. But anyways, when when you're not gonna go for the jugular of old Sleepy Joe, it's a fucking snore fest. I was watching it; it was just like boring. And you know why I personally okay. I'm going to tell you why I'm good for America. I'm bringing jobs back. Highest employment among African Americans, Asian women, you know. I was getting congratulations from heads of states around the world, okay. I am, I am the best president. I've done more for the black community than any president in history. At maybe the exception of Abraham Lincoln, you know. I think he, what did he do? He slept with a slave or he uh, freed the slaves or something. Ah, winning. I have done more for the African-American community than any president in history. And that goes including Abraham Lincoln, okay? Like, one of the reasons why I think uh, Trump is, like, probably the best, the better vote is because, number one, Hey, was he not good for the economy? Was he not? That's the general consensus before um, pandemic. He was good for the economy. I don't know what I think about some of his health reform as a Canadian. Because it's like, I totally agree with, hey, you know, free market. People have to be able to be industrious, able to have the opportunity to make their money. But there are social realities that I think as higher beings, you know, enlightened beings that we can have a certain empathy for. Like healthcare, I mean, hey, we have universal healthcare in Canada. Is it the greatest? I mean, I don't know, but it's better than being... Like, what happens if you break your leg? What happens if you fall ill? Like, what happens if that happens to you in, in America and you have no coverage and you have no money? And don't we have a certain duty to our, you know, brothers and sisters? And, you know, self-identifying people, don't we have, like, a, a duty to look out for each other on some level, socially? We are... In the West and America, a democracy, you know, elected representation, representation by election, you know, don't we as the people have the right to kind of band together on certain things? I don't know. It's kind of divided. It's kind of heavy issue there. Right. But I mean, just in regards to that, like, that's what I mean, like Trump. He's good for business, and I don't know about some of his social reform in terms of healthcare. I don't know about his environmental 
Like, he wants to bring back, like, fossil fuels. He thinks there's nothing wrong with fracking. He thinks there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, let's bring back the coal industry. Okay, coal is one of the beautiful gifts that Mother Nature has laid for us. Sure, you have to dig, you know, 100 miles below sea level into a mine in order to extract it. Backbreaking, dangerous labor. You know, miner's lung, you know, falling to your death in the shaft of some cave. Sure, it's a barbaric process and it pollutes the planet. But coal, all right? We got to bring back coal jobs, okay? And as for wind turbines, all right? They produce cancer, okay? And as for solar power, it's just not there yet. So we might as well just forget about it and reinvest in coal and fracking. <laughs> it's like, yo, I mean, I ain't no microbiologist, but, um, you know, global warming. Have you heard of it? So it's like, that's where I kind of have mixed feelings in regards to Trump. But quickly here, Donald Trump, to his defense, he has been good for the economy. He has brokered peace among the world. Like people get on his case about it's like he's friends with Vladimir Putin. He's friends with um Kim Jong Kim Un Jong or not Kim Jong Il was his father. Who's the son? Kim the son. Kim Jong Un forget his fucking name but it's like he's friends with the dictator of north korea he's friends with vladimir putin and it's like kim jong-un he's friends with him it's just like would you rather him be beefing with um the president of a nuclear arms driven country like would you rather him be fighting and beefing with somebody who can blow the world up or would it's like isn't it a good thing that he's brokered peace with these powerful nations? And they're like, no, he's friends with them. It's like, well, it's better. Like, I mean, just because, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't condone like the dictatorship going on in those countries, but it's like, you may as well be on a peaceful terms with them. What's the point in escalating a fight? Right? And so there's that. He's like good for the economy. He's brokered peace um, to a certain extent <sighs> on the racial issue. Come see, come saw. I don't know. It's like I don't see him as a racist. I see his big, his biggest social criticism is that he is somewhat out of touch no he's politically incorrect you know he he touches the heartstrings of many but he's somewhat out of touch you know proud boys all right stand back and stand by okay like he's out of touch and he's like socially unaware and he's like a buffoon and a babble mouth and a windbag and a pompous prick and arrogant and obnoxious and egotistical he's all those things but generally speaking, 
what what are, what are we all saints? Like generally speaking, he does the a good job as president. <laughs> I don't particularly like the guy, but it's like come on, he's trying to lead safely, smartly with an economic focus. Whereas fucking Biden, that guy's a complete wet blanket. You know, he got mopped all over that floor during the debate. How come your son Hunter got paid $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow? That doesn't make any sense. What is his son doing on the board of an energy commission? That doesn't make any much sense. That's a good question. Biden would just be like, uh, 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 no, I didn't do that. Where do you sit on fracking, Joe? Where do you sit on fracking? Uh, 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 I never said I wouldn't. No, that's not true. That's not true. No, I didn't say that. What you need to do is make a decision. What you need to do is vote. You know, I find it very funny, Joe. You say that, um, you know, I was detaining Mexican children at the border in cages. But, you know, here's a good question. I inherited that mess. It was a mess when I came into office. But here's a good question, Joe. Who built those cages? Who built those cages, Joe? That's a lie. I didn't do that. No, that's a lie. I didn't do that. What you need to do is vote. You call black people super predators in your own words, Joe. Super predators, okay? You don't love the black community. I've done more for the black community than any president granted Abraham Lincoln, okay? Super predators. You call the black community super predators, Joe. You built Mexican cages for Mexican children, Joe. Who built those cages, Joe? I did not do that. My son is not a cokehead. <laughs> All you did for the last eight years when you were vice president was build cages for Mexican children. That's all you did. I did not do that. You need to vote. I am, I am going to be the president for all Americans. No red state, blue state. I'm for everybody. But you should live in fear. We're heading for the worst winter on record. The worst record winter on record. Live in fear, America. But I am the president for all Americans. Actually, no. Um, we're going to have a beautiful winter. Things are reopening. You know, the economy is getting back to work. We have the best medicine, all right, in the world. Vaccines up the yin-yang, you know. We are fighting off the Chinese plague, the Chinese flu. It's going to be the best winter on record. Things are looking very good. It's not going to be the worst Winter. It's not going to be a very dark winter. <laughs> you feel me on that? It's like Trump, for all his shortcomings, is about family, economy, and living free. The freedom that I think we all appreciate if we live in a democracy. Whereas Biden, it's like, we're going to control you with fear. Things are never going to reopen. You know, more government intervention. You know, we need to invest in people. What does that even mean? When, when you take a government handout, it's not free. It's not being invested. They're not investing in you. They're investing in your vote. Then they control you. And all the little paperwork and hoop-de-doo and hop-de-duh that you got to fill out in order to receive these tax benefits 
these breaks, these whatever, it winds up owning you. It really does. Where it's like, okay, no, like let's just get some jobs going. Let's get some let's get a reasonable amount of awareness and control on this pandemic, but let's not live in fear for the rest of our lives. So, I mean, that's how I see it. How do you see it? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Like, how do you see the situation? You know, um, I, I, you know, I understand, I understand how because of his arrogance and his egotism, Trump really doesn't reach everyone. But then again, that's something that a lot of people appreciate about him. His honesty, his his bluntness. He doesn't talk and act and behave like a phony politician. Fake news. You know what I mean? So that's my criticism of him. If um, I venture a criticism, if I have the right to criticize, but that's my observation on the guy. He's pretty blunt and obnoxious, and I don't know what I think about his environmental concerns. I mean, I think the environment is a important issue, and I think we could benefit from a sharper focus on environmental issues. But I understand there's economic realities of society in order for people to, you know, earn a living, which is very important. It's tough stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, like, Trump ain't no saint, but I think his intentions are well. And he's leading from a place of strength and hope versus Biden, which is all fear, cheesy, buffoonery, clown-like politics. Fake news. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You know, I could use a little education on this. Oh, hell, I don't know. I'm not exactly the smartest man who ever lived, you know. All right, I'll get a quick sip of water. Water break balls. Now we're going to dip. I'm going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about the Canadian by-election. The Canadian by-election of 2020. Now, if you're very much like me and you're a bit of a dumbass, you know, lousy, rotten, shiftless, crummy, good for nothing, rotten, just rotten to the core, if you're anything like me and you're just rotten to the core, you know, no good for nothing, you might not know exactly what the fuck a by-election even is. It's like, I'm not a by-election. What, is that some kind of sexual position? Is that some kind of gender identification? We're going to have a by-election. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, here's a little information here. So, according to Wikipedia, a by-election, also spelled B-Y-E dash election, (laughs) whatever, and also known as a special election (laughs) or a bipoll, is an election used to fill an office that has become vacant between general elections. 
In most cases, these elections occur after the incumbent, incumbent dies or resigns, but they also occur when the incumbent becomes ineligible to continue in office because of a recall, ennoblement, criminal conviction, or failure to maintain a minimum attendance. Less commonly, these elections have been, have been called when a constituency election is invalidated by voting irregularities. So it happens when, generally speaking, um, uh, it's, it's an election to fill office uh, used to fill an office that has become vacant between general elections. So there's some um, vacancies between general elections. And um, they occur um, because, you know, the incumbent is, you know, ennobled, some sort of criminal conviction or a failure to maintain a minimum attendance. Well, there's the We Charity scandal in Canada where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau I'm Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I love black people. I love biopic people. Black indigenous persons of color. I love everybody. But yet I wear blackface makeup. <laughs> I wear blackface makeup. My name's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Well, that Claude, that fucking Claude, um, he's been under this like We Charity scandal where basically there was a charity that, We Charity, that gave out grants to, you know, students, post-secondary students, something like $1,000 grants that people could apply for. And in order to get it, they have to volunteer like a certain amount of hours of volunteer time towards, I don't even know what, but it's like dependent upon volunteer hours. Well, this We Charity, they racked in all this dough, and the government, the Liberal government of Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, they called it like a conflict of interest because, you know, the Liberal Party pushed for more interaction with this charity. The charity was... I'm not 100% sure on it other than it got some sort of government funding. It got some sort of government, uh, the charity got some sort of government, uh, some sort of government promotion, some sort of government, uh, what's the word? When somebody like... Um, like some sort of government backing by the liberal government. Yet, the prime minister, Justin Trudeau, his mother got paid something like uh, 200000 $300,000 over the course of 10 years. She got like $300,000 in speaking payment, you know, for speaking engagements. She got paid like something like $300,000 over 10 years his wife got paid prime minister justin trudeau his wife got paid to speak at these charity events and his brother got paid to speak at these charity events like isn't that somewhat a conflict of interest like how like 
how does a charity have the money to pay for public speakers, especially in the world of like $300,000, several thousand dollars? And then he's using his position as prime minister to, I don't know, like to bring in this charity into into like the governmental world. So it's all basically just a conflict of interest, simply put. It's like, that's the allegation against him, Prime Minister Trudeau. It's like, you, you use your position as Prime Minister to get involved with a charity where you dole out these inflated paydays for your family. It's all a conflict of interest, generally speaking. Now, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than I'm explaining. I'm sure there's a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of um, filibustering, a lot of boondoggle, boonswoggle, yibbity, 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 yeah, legal jargon that can explain the situation away. Who knows? But basically due to that, A lot of political parties, especially the conservatives, they were gonna, they wanted to commit, they wanted to form a committee geared towards ethics investigations, right? And a lot of other, and at the beginning, a lot of um, parties like the Green Party, the, the NDP here in Canada, the Bloc Quebecois. They were also kind of like, yeah, maybe this is a good idea. Let's start this ethics com- committee, this ethmic, this ethics department to investigate corruption. So then what basically the liberal, liberal government was going to do was push for a snap election to, to use this motion to use this legislature or this motion or whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, they want to use this bill, this motion of creating a committee to investigate corruption. They're going to use that as a breach of confidence, a breach of confidence. You know, it's like, you know, there's a lack of confidence in the government. So let's push for a snap election. What is a snap election? Well, according to Wikipedia, um, a snap election is an election that is called earlier than one that has been scheduled. Generally, a snap election is a parliamentary system, the dissolution of parliament. It's called to capitalize an unusual electoral opportunity or to decide a pressing issue under circumstances when an election is not required by law or convention. A snap election differs from a recall election in that it initiated by politicians rather than voters, and from a by-election in that the winners will serve an entire term as opposed to the remainder of an already established term. Yeah. So early elections can also be called in certain jurisdictions after a ruling coalition is dissolved if a replacement coalition cannot be formed within a constitutionally set limit. Since the power to call 
snap elections usually lies with the incumbent, they often result in increased majorities for the party already in power, provided they have been called at an advantageous time. However, snap elections can backfire on the incumbent, resulting in a decreased majority or in some cases the opposition winning or gaining power. Generally speaking, the Prime Minister under such systems does not have the legal power to call an election, but must rather request the election be called by head of state. In most countries, the head of state almost always grants such a request by convention. So yeah, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau basically under the gun, under pressure. What's going on with this We Charity scandal? There's a lot of pressure. So, by calling this committee a breach of confidence, it would push for a snap election where he may gain more of a majority in the House of Commons, the parliamentary members, the MPs, and prolong his term. So in doing that, he could potentially avoid the criticism. It's like saying, you know, if you're going to question my ethics, then I'm calling a snap election. So it, it, it kind of cancels the validity of what happened with this um, charity scandal. You know, it cancels the validity of that. And he could potentially win a longer term and more power within the House of Commons. So that's some of the criticism. You know, whereas if it was just a by-election, um, it would be just kind of open to whoever wins those seats, those MP seats. And again, I don't even know if I'm just talking out my ass here. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. But, um, you know, that's generally what's going on, you know. And this is all just from a glance. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny how government, one thing moving forward, I should make more of an effort to understand these things and be able to convey them clearly and succinctly. I think I did an okay job of it, you know. I kind of get what's going on just from some basic reading up, a little bit of basic research. I haven't really jumped full first into it. But this is what governments do. They, they try to, they almost try to make us forget that this is elected representation. We elect them to represent us. You know, they're not doing us any favors. They work for us. And if they're truly in the heart set of being for the people of a democracy to serve their constituents, then why is it always a headache? And why is there all this backtalk and boondoggle, boonswoggle, filibustering, you know? Why is there never a straight answer? Why do they got to do these little things where it's like, oh, is it a conflict of interest? Did you get in bed with this charity to serve um, you and your family to make money on the backs of Canadians? Or is it because you love the people that you... Um, fucking do what you do as a politician, whatever the hell that is, you know? So, I, um, hmm. 
I don't think it's as hard as it is portrayed. I think what it is is basically these people are very um, well-spoken, smart, very, um, I guess, um, organized. Like most politicians are like lawyers, aren't they? They come from the world of law, then they transfer into politics. A good majority of them. I mean, for example, Justin Trudeau, I believe he was a lawyer. Joe Biden was a lawyer. Um, so it's that's like the, the natural process. And really all law is, is the thoughts and values of a society that we agree upon. And then we put it to motion into some sort of a law, a bill, whatever the word is. And it's just paperwork. It's just a bunch of paperwork. Blah, 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 blah. We write it up. Blah, 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 And we slap it down on paper. Get it down on paper. This is what it is. This is what the legal bill is. This is the Constitution. This is... It's paperwork. And these dummies are great at playing that game. Tongue-tied. Blah, 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 blah. Well, Article 7 of the Blah, 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 skinnamarinky-dinky-doo says... Blah, 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 blah. Oh, they're so smart. No. They've just taken the time to read it. And they're fake. So it's not a problem for them to sound like a robot. I mean, for example, if I did the podcast where I just spoke on facts and blah, blah, dee, da, 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 do, it would feel inorganic to me. But I could. You know, and maybe I should actually, when I speak on certain matters, take more of an academic approach. Like if I'm going to speak on politics or if I'm going to speak on something, maybe I should really take the time to gather the information, flush it out instead of just shooting from the hip and running my mouth. Oh, hell, I don't know. Just belly aching and babbling the way I do. But isn't that really just what it is? Well, actually, yes, as a politician, I've gone over the facts. And if you, if you, if I can refer you to Article 7 of the... It clearly states that under... Um, oh, wow. Isn't he fucking smart? He knows how to read and convey basic information. Oh, he's in a suit and tie. Oh, she's wearing a pantsuit. Oh, they know something that I don't. Thank God for the politician. So fucking stupid. So anyway, you know, due to my um, insecurity as a, uh, you know, learned person, I, I, um, I don't know what to make of this Canadian election 2020, you know? I mean, it's fairly obvious that Justin Trudeau will say or do anything to get a vote, you know? Um, it's pretty obvious that I think he really looks at his prime ministership as his birthright rather than like a civic duty. It's like, I want to be like my daddy. Or I just want to do whatever because it's my birthright. I want to have my ego flamed and fanned. I want to go down in the annals of history. Uh, Does he really give a shit about serving the people, serving the public? I I highly doubt it. I mean, none of his behavior thus far has um, proven that. You know, he takes vacations on taxpayer dime. He, um, you know, puts his cabinet members in positions of, you know, uh, 
in awkward situations where they're like called upon to lie on behalf of the organization. You know, he gets embroiled with like charities that, you know, suck the life force out of, you know, these poor overworked students just trying to turn a lousy buck, get a fucking quick grant. Yet his family can suck up all the benefits, you know, these overinflated speaking uh, engagements. I don't know what to think of him. And I don't know what to think of this by-election. I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> it might be the first time in a long time that I don't vote. I mean, what's the point? And I'll, and the big reason, too, why a lot of... Uh, the funny thing is, though, why a lot of these... Um, like, the snap election could get triggered if um, the other parties, like the, the Green Party... NDP, the Bloc Quebecois, if they push for this con confidence committee, along with the conservatives, that would trigger this snap of election, allegedly. But a lot of them don't, because I think a lot of them themselves are insecure and worried about themselves. You know, that's like that sounds like a political suicide, you know, to take over the reins of government during a pandemic. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. Deal with it yourself. You know, it's like nobody wants to take up that mantle. You know, you think that these people will be chomping at the bit. But rather, no, they sit back in the cut. They're cowards themselves. <laughs> it's a game. I don't know what to think of any of these people. It's a strange thing to be like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you personally want to do with your life? I've been called upon to lead people. <laughs> what? I don't want to lead people. Who, who would want to lead somebody? Megalomaniac? You know? Fucking sadist? Control? Fucking dictator? I'm going to control people. I'm going to lead them. What do you know about anything, buddy? What do you want to lead me for? You know, when you just shut the fuck up, stop taxing me over the head... You know, and, uh, you know, open up a few hospitals and then fuck off. Like, what do I need to hear from you from? You know, didn't we just have an election? We just had an election last October, I think. Or like last March. This year there was an election, wasn't there? In Canada? There was recently just an election and now it's more and more. And there's never any real clarification. Everything's like, um, everything is like, there's an election, a by-election. Who are you going to vote for? Do you want, do you want, do you want more rights for LGBTQT? Do you want more rights for the black biopic community? Do you want more rights for women? Then vote this way. It's all just like, they don't, they never say how, they never say why, they never say the reality. They never talk about the process as if everybody knows this. They know that we all don't. You know what I mean? The general public, they know that we, generally speaking, are people going to work, trying to pay our bills, trying to, you know, support our families, spend time with our friends, you know, be good employees, run our businesses, have our, have our recreation time. Like, we're people with lives. And they bank on our um, ignorance 
to the political system. They bank on our own ignorance to the political system. They play these little games where they ingratiate themselves with our tax dollars. Yet they're for us. They love us. They love us and they're working overtime to come up with these bills and sanctions and committees to ensure the best governmental procedures for you, the people. <sighs> Give me a fucking break. Hoop it up your fucking bumbaclot. Fucking rosclot. Bumbaclot. <laughs> it's a game. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here on this, folks. Uh, this is a very interesting article. And as always, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You got any thoughts or opinions on that, please do so. And before I get out of here, um, <clears throat> this is hilarious. I don't know if it's hilarious as much as it's unsettling, disgusting, evil, and uh, terrifying. But there is a twinge of humor to it. I mean, come on. If it didn't happen to you, it's pretty funny, right? So check this out. This is an article from globalnews.ca. Cannibals lured victim to cabin in the woods for genital surgery, sheriff says. Cannibals lured victim to cabin in the woods for genital surgery, sheriff says. Two men have been charged in Oklahoma for allegedly illegally castrating a victim. They had lured into the woods after the 28-year-old answered an online ad for discounted gender-affirming surgery. Now I pause. That's why this is all hilarious to me. If you're a person and whatever your opinion on um, gender reassignment surgery is, I personally think it's in the, in the world of mental illness. Why would you mutilate your body? That's what you're doing. You can call it this, you can call it that, but what you're doing is you are mutilating your natural body. You are, that's a crime you are committing against yourself if you sign up for gender reassignment surgery. It's crazy. It's crazy. You are mutilating your body. Call it what you want, of course. I'm not going to argue. But um, that's what's hilarious about this. It's like this person wants to get gender reassignment surgery. I guess that's their right. But they want to get discount gender reassignment surgery to the point in which they're they're willing to instead of go to a hospital to go to a surgeon's clinic instead of going the i guess common sense route of doing something that's completely nonsensical but to go the common sense route of just going to a hospital this person goes into a cabin in the woods I don't know if I can feel sorry for this victim. If you're going to get gender reassignment surgery, the least you can do is get the top tier. Don't go looking for a discount. And secondly, a sign that you're headed for trouble is if the clinic, the surgeon's office, if it's in the woods. What's in the woods? I wouldn't even eat from a fucking restaurant in the woods, let alone get my ding snipped. In the backwoods of some fucking, you know, cabin somewhere. It's ridiculous. Anyway, check this. The suspects were taken into custody after they showed up at a hospital in McAllister, Oklahoma, 
to see the maimed victim whom they had dropped off the day before. (laughs) The victim, whose identity has not been released, had suffered injuries to their genitals, but was in stable condition on Wednesday, police said. LaFleur County Sheriff Rodney Derryberry, (laughs) Sheriff Derryberry, (laughs) Sheriff Derryberry, struggled to describe the nature of the gruesome case while talking to reporters on Tuesday. Now, I can't say it's cult activity, he said in response to a question. It's something that has never come up, that I have never in my career run across in that part of the country. It is borderline some type of activity, Sheriff Derryberry said. (laughs) Bob Lee Allen, 53, and Thomas Evans Gates, 42, were charged on Wednesday in connection with the incident, court records show. The married suspects face charges of conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, performing unlicensed surgery, maiming, unlawful use of communication facility, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, failure to bury a dead human member, and three drug-related charges. Better hot water, so to speak. The victim looked up discounted castration and gender-affirming medical care online, then traveled to Oklahoma from Virginia via Dallas earlier this month, according to a police affidavit obtained by the Oklahoman newspaper. <laughs> Oklahoman? You're an Oklahoman! Is that some sort of fucking discrimination, you Oklahoman? Yeah, anyways, that's what you call an Oklahoman. Oh, Oklahoman. Anyway, the Oklahoman newspaper. The 28-year-old drove to the suspect's cabin. Again, this person drove to a cabin in the woods for gender reassignment surgery. The 28-year-old drove to the suspect's cabin in the woods, southeast of Oklahoma, where the pair performed the surgery. (laughs) The victim was awake But the pubic area was anesthetized during the two-hour procedure. Takes two hours to snip off a -a ding-a-ling? I could do that in a twinkle of a fucking lamb's tail. Two shake of a lamb's tail. (laughs) The blink of an eye. I could snip off a -a ding-a-ling in record time. Took these bozos two hours. Anyways. The victim was awake, but the pubic area was anesthetized during the two-hour procedure, according to the affidavit. Allen allegedly performed the surgery on a covered dining table. <laughs> Allen allegedly performed the surgery on a covered dining room table with assistance from Gates, the victim said. <laughs> All right, can you set the table, please? Um, we got some genital mutilation that we have to uh, perform. Do you say grace? Is that a situation where you say grace? Dear Lord, bless this gender reassignment surgery. All right, let's eat. You know, a little gender reassignment surgery on the dinner table. Afterward, Alan allegedly told the victim he would consume the parts and laughed that he was a cannibal. (laughs) I'm going to eat your dick. (laughs) According to the court documents, The two men also allegedly tried to get the victim to participate in cannibalism. 
that's an ultimate heckle, you know? Imagine getting your dick snipped off, you know, uh, <laughs> on a dinner table in the middle of a wooded... In the, imagine being on a cabin wood table. Imagine being on the dinner table in a cabin out there in the woods. Somebody snips off your ding-a-ling and then they heckle you. <laughs> Want to take a bite? You hungry? Can I offer you, can I offer you something to eat? <laughs> oh, how barbaric. The two men allegedly tried to get the victim to participate in cannibalism. Alan alleged, is it cannibalism if you do it to yourself? Because it's not really gay if you jerk off, right? Like, so like, it's not exactly considered a homo, homosexual act if you masturbate. At least I don't think so. Or I'd be pretty gay. But like, apparently if masturbation isn't a homosexual activity, then how is cannibalism, how is self-cannibalism cannibalism? Like, if you eat your own penis, is that really cannibalism? It's kind of like eating a booger. You know, no harm, no foul. Anyways, I digress. The victim claims that Alan... Uh, oh, yeah. Alan allegedly showed the victim photos of a freezer filled with human parts and described other operations he'd performed over the years. 15 years. The victim claims that Alan spoke of leaving a crazy patient to die overnight on one occasion, according to the affidavit. The suspects rushed the victim to the hospital after the 28-year-old started to hemorrhage with instructions to claim responsibility for having done it, according to the affidavit. All right, boy. Now, I'm sorry I cut your penis off, but I'll take you to the hospital as long as you claim that you did it. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's somewhat gracious. Like At least they took him to the hospital, or her. At least they took her to the hospital. Authorities say they searched the cabin and found what appeared to be testicles in the freezer in the bedroom. They appeared to be testicles. Now, granted, I never sucked them, but they appear to be testicles in the freezer. I deduce, like, well, at a first glance, like, granted, I have not... So, um, reporter Jonathan Ramtram here of Jonathan Ramtram, the podcast, uh, Officer Derryberry... How do you know that the alleged body parts in the freezer were not testicles? Oh, well, now I did see what appears to be testicles in the freezer. Now, they appear to be testicles. Now, granted, I personally have not sucked on them. I have not put the testicles, the alleged testes, in my mouth. So I'm only deducing. But they appear to be testicles without having sucked them myself. Oh, hell, I don't know. I've got to try to be somewhat funny here. During this horrific story. Um, Authorities say they searched the cabin and found what appeared to be testicles in the freezer in the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, of course. In the bedroom is where you keep your testicle freezer. In a freezer in the bedroom. The suspects were arrested at the hospital while police searched their home on a warrant. The suspects did not have a medical license, officials say. No shit. If you're going to run a discounted gender reassignment uh, clinic in the middle of the woods, I'm going to guess you don't have a medical license or any medical sanity. Uh, yeah. Derryberry, Sheriff Derryberry, added that there have been lots of rumors about the case, but at this time, there's no danger to the public. He said the suspects were running a membership website, and investigators are now combining... Combing. Investigators are now combing through their digital files. 
it's unclear if they accepted payment for the alleged operation. No other victims had been identified as of Thursday. Bail for each suspect was set at $295,000. Might as well call it three hundred. We're going to set your bail at $295,000. Why not round it up to 300000 Hey, I ain't no fucking lawyer. I ain't no dog the bounty hunter here. So the bail for each suspect was set at $295,000. They are slated to appear in court on Friday. Wow. That is some next level evil. To operate a medical gender reassignment surgery, an unlicensed medical gender reassignment surgery clinic in the middle of the woods, lure a victim there, perform a, I guess, a, uh, a genital reassignment surgery, and then like trying, then like eating the leftovers, you know, are you going to finish that? <laughs> are you finished with that? Are you finished with those genitals? Can I eat them? And then offering the fucking victim, hey, you want a bite of this? <coughs> want a bite of this fucking meatball sub? <coughs> Here, you want some? <laughs> they, they offered the victim. <laughs> they offered the, the cannibals offered the victim a bite of her own genitals. Absolutely barbaric, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. But then again, is this sensationalized? Is this overbone? Is this fake news? All right. So who knows? But um, hey, these are some interesting times we're living in. And with all this connectivity of the internet, it's great that we can all have this information and discuss things and be open to bigger ideas of, I guess, tolerance in regards to gender reassignment surgeries, you know, understanding through discussion what's going on with these people that feel that need to get gender reassignment surgery. A communication, a dialogue is happening. Government, elections, you know, there's a dialogue going on there. People are more People have more access than ever to information in regards to the political processes in which they live. For myself, you know, I have that opportunity with the internet to research. And this is a time in which I think we all need a little bit more empathy, a little bit more open-mindedness, and also a willingness to inform ourselves and make sound decisions. Decisions that are based on, you know, the information that we acquire, the truth and honesty that we feel, with a room for respect for others. And hopefully we can do that. And uh, hopefully we can get out of this pandemic Um more enlightened to one another. And I know that's definitely the path that I'm on and that I strive towards. And I think it can be done. Hallelujah. 
It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2020. Presidential debate 2020. Is Trump going to take it or is Biden going to take it? Canadian by election, Canada. Are you even going to bother to vote? I don't know if I am. Ugh. Gender reassignment surgery in the woods. Would you do it? Don't forget to bring your off. Tss, tss. Mosquito repellent. Snip my dingaling. Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. If you got questions, queries, or qualms, hit me up. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And, as always, if you're enjoying the show, please help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. A height. Peace.